The first verse of this morning's scripture says, the apostle said to the Lord, show us how to increase our faith. Have you ever wished that you had more faith or maybe that your faith would be stronger? Jesus said, if you had faith even as small as a mustard seed, maybe you have felt guilty because your faith seems so small. Or you might be thinking that Jesus was scolding the disciples. You can read that two different ways. With frustration, if you had even as small a faith as a mustard seed. Or gently, if you had faith even as small as a mustard seed. Jesus probably wasn't trying to make them feel guilty. Could it be that he was doing just the opposite? Instead of belittling a small amount of faith, I think we can hear Jesus say these words lovingly and with encouragement. In other words, he's assuring them that even a tiny bit of faith is enough. The disciples knew that much was going to be expected of them, and so they were asking for more faith. Following Jesus was probably a very scary thing. They had already left their homes, their family, their jobs, all of that to follow Jesus. Little did they know then that their small group of men would plant the seeds of Christianity that would eventually spread throughout the world. Jesus was telling them that they already had enough faith to do whatever was required of them. He wanted them to start with the task of faith first, and by doing so, their faith would increase. My desk calendar on Tuesday said, hope is putting faith to work when doubting would be easier. I've always treasured Mother Teresa saying, we do no great things, only small things with great love. I would add that when we do things with great love, we can make a world of difference for others. Jesus said, plant a seed and it will grow. Use a little faith and it will grow too. We don't need to pray that God will increase our faith. We need to ask him to help us use the faith we have. If you have in the past or you are currently volunteering here at church, would you please stand up? Anything that you've done, whether it's helping with Sunday school or Bible school or working in the food pantry or serving on a committee, caring for the property, singing in the choir, you all volunteer. Now, those of you who are standing, raise your hand if you're doing what you are doing because you're expecting a reward. Okay, you may sit down. I didn't see any hands going up. You're doing it because that's what you've been called to do, what you've been gifted to do, and what you enjoy doing. I'm sure many of you volunteer at work, in your neighborhood, with your children's activities, and so on. You don't do these things because you're looking to increase your faith. You're doing them, again, because God gifted you to do them. If you were a Christian, you were designed to serve. You're not serving because you're expecting to be rewarded. However, if you do what you should do, your behavior is its own reward. God gives out of his grace, not as a reward, 
for good behavior. And for all of those that are here, thank you for all that you do to help keep our church going and reaching out. Let's remember that salvation is a gift. You cannot earn it. It is a gift from God. Faith can make the difference between something happening or not happening. If we believe something can't be done, it won't be. On the other hand, if we determine that something must be done, it most likely will be. When we do something with God, amazing things can happen. Faith and works make the impossible possible. I hope you feel encouraged by this, because no matter how small your efforts may seem to you, never doubt what God can do through you. Jesus' small band of disciples shared what they learned from Jesus through his example and his teaching. And then they boldly shared their faith, which resulted in 3,000 people coming to the church on Pentecost. Now the Church of Christ is worldwide, and today we are united as we celebrate Worldwide Communion Sunday together. There are many examples in life where the faith, calling, and vision of a few made changes that benefit countless others. Think what a difference we can make when we all work together. The Global Methodist Church was the vision of a few men and women who have worked tirelessly to provide an alternative church that's based staying faithful to scripture. Every church has been a result of a few who made their dreams come true as they followed the calling that God gave them. If the disciples had decided not to follow what Jesus had called them to do, we most likely would not be here today celebrating communion with fellow Christians around the world. Again, never, ever underestimate what God can do through you. And never, ever underestimate what God can do through us as the church. Jesus went on to talk about a servant and what he should expect. Having servants was part of the culture at that time, and even if you only had modest means, you had at least one servant. What Jesus was mentioning was unthinkable. The master did not care for his servant or servants. That was simply something that was not happening in those days. God does not owe us anything for obeying and serving him. Jesus was asking then and is asking us now, do we deserve congratulations for simply doing our job? Should, we be, should one be rewarded for doing what is expected? The master expected the servants to do their duty and the servants expected to receive nourishment, rest and protection in return, nothing more. Commentator Kimberly Bracken Long writes, to understand faith in this way then is to understand it as a way of life. Those who serve God do so with a sense of duty and delight, living a life according to God's commandments. We live in obedience as we serve God and one another, not for the bonus points, and not only because God expects it, but because we know that God has shown us the way 
to an abundant life. We are all in this together. As we walk in God's way together, we find that the God who expects much from us also promises much. And that wonder of wonders, the rightful master of us came first and foremost, not to be served, but to serve us. It's important to remember that our faith can be very strong, but somehow troubles and hardships keep coming our way. God will always, always take care of us according to his wisdom and timing so we do not give up trusting and staying faithful. I'm sure we all know people who just never, ever seem to get a break. It's difficult to understand why, and yet we have to believe that somehow, in some way, God is working all things out for our good. And I don't say that lightly. I say it because I believe it with all my heart. You're not going through difficulties because you don't pray enough or have faith enough or because you are not worthy. We need to be the faithful servant through good times and bad, not to be rewarded, but simply to do our duty. We do not need to be rewarded for doing what we are expected to do. But I do believe that hearing someone say thank you is a powerful incentive for us to keep on giving our very best. Doing our best is what is expected of us. Listen to these verses of scripture. Ephesians 6 verses 5 through 9 says, Slaves, obey your earthly masters with deep respect and fear. Serve them sincerely as you would serve Christ. Try to please them all the time, not just when they are watching you. As slaves of Christ, do the will of God with all your heart. Work with enthusiasm as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will reward each one of us for doing for the good we do, whether we are slaves or free. Masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Don't threaten them. Remember, you both have the same master in heaven, and he has no favorites. And John 14, 15 says, if you love me, obey my commandments. We obey God because we love him. Psalm 40, verse 8 says, I take joy in doing your will, my God, for your instructions are written on my heart. Let's remember that even with faith the size of a mustard seed, together we can do amazing and miraculous things. Our response then should be to go out and be servants to God and the world around us. We are to go out. We are connected by our faith. Our faith is not simply personal. We can do, what we can do alone does not begin to compare to what we can do together. Remember, all we may do is plant a seed. Someone else may water it. Someone else may come along and pull the weeds out from around the plant. And someone else may have the joy of harvesting that seed. You may share your faith with someone and see no results. But like a seed planted in the ground, it slowly grows toward the light and eventually blooms. 
You may not always see the results of your labor, but that does not mean that your efforts were in vain. On this World Communion Sunday, we thank God for reminding us that we are not alone. Throughout the centuries, in every corner of the world, we have been connected with one another through our faith. With Christians around the world, we are united in Christ's body. How wonderful to picture Christians from around the world this morning kneeling at the altar or coming to receive communion, to receive the bread and the cup through as we remember the depth of love that Christ has shown to us through his death and resurrection. He asked us to do this so we would never forget the tremendous sacrifice that he made. And I can only imagine how breathtaking and heartwarming it will be one day when we all sit down together as the body of Christ and celebrate communion with Jesus himself at his heavenly table. As Christians, we may be isolated from one another, separated by our customs and different ways of worship, but all Christians are one body. As brothers and sisters in Christ, we're called to share a living bread with a world starving for spiritual food. Who will you tell that God loves them? When it comes to serving God, we should follow the example of Christ who bent down, did the work of a servant, and washed the disciples' feet. Is your faith one that's willing to kneel and serve? As Christians, shouldn't our attitude be one of dutiful service and willing obedience? How have you been a faithful servant? Let's remember to do our duty faithfully, lovingly, to the best of our ability, without expecting to be rewarded. Perhaps this is a good example to end our message today. Henry C. Morrison, after serving for 40 years on the African mission field, headed home by boat. And on that same boat also rode Theodore Roosevelt. Morrison was quite dejected when, on entering New York Harbor, President Roosevelt received a great fanfare as he arrived home. Morrison thought he should get some recognition for 40 years in the Lord's service. Then a small voice came to Morrison and said, Henry, you're not home yet. Be a faithful servant. Simply do your duty without looking for recognition or reward. Eventually, you will be in your eternal home where you will find that your heavenly reward is out of this world. God never fails to keep his promises. And I hope that we all will be able to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Amen.